The following audio is from Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs, California. Visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about our church. December 31st, 2023, New Mercies for the New Year, Disciplining Ourselves for Godliness. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for this morning that you have blessed us with, Lord, and um, as we look forward to the new year, Father, with eager anticipation of what you will do in it, I pray, Father, that you would help us to just examine our own spiritual disciplines, and if you would use your Holy Spirit over this week and next to um, just speak through me and through the ladies here, whatever it is that you would have as reminders for us, as refreshers for us, as ways to examine the things that we're doing, Lord, um, in the process of becoming more like your son. Lord, it's, it's not about the things that we do. It's not about checking a list off, but it is about um, disciplining ourselves for the purpose of godliness. So would you help us do that, Lord? Would you help us to start the year strong and, Lord, a year from now on December 31st, 2024, look back and realize that we ran a good race in this year ahead. Lord. So the disciplines that you put on our hearts and our minds to begin in this new year, Lord, would you help us to sustain them by the power of your spirit throughout the year so that we might grow in godliness, Lord, so that we might grow in relationship with you, that we might grow in relationship with one another, and Lord, that we would rely on your grace and your mercy and your Holy Spirit to do whatever it is that you would have us do in this new year. It's in your son's name we ask these things. Amen. All right, so good morning. Welcome. Um, I have kind of titled our next two weeks New Mercies for a New Year. We know his mercies are new every morning, Um, but his mercies are new every morning regardless of the date on the calendar. So um, in thinking about New Mercies for a New Year, I wanted us to take just a minute to pause and reflect on some of these spiritual disciplines. And our theme verse is 1 Timothy 4.7. And I've used NASB, um, which says part of it, not the whole verse, but discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Because that is the purpose of our spiritual disciplines, is to become more like the Son, to become more connected with the Father, and in so doing, to live lives that would please and glorify Him. Um, So I want to consider this word for a minute, um, that in the Greek, I'm going to write it out because it doesn't sound the way that it looks, but it's G-Y-M-N-A-Z-O, which looks like a few English words, um, we'll talk about in a second, but it's actually pronounced gumnazo, um, so it looks like what it would mean. So, anyone know what it means, or would you like to take a guess? Jamie, you're nodding. <laughs> it's like a working out. Yeah. Physical. Yeah. It's physical or spiritual, right? Mental workouts, emotional workouts, like this is life, right? We're to work out physically, we're to work out spiritually, um, and so we are to be um, working out our salvation or our sanctification. Get rid of that. Um, So it means, quote, to exercise vigorously in any way, either the body or the mind. So we are to exercise vigorously in all of these ways. Um, The same word is used in Hebrews 5, verse 14, which says, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment 
trained, that's that word, trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. It's also used in Hebrews 12.11, which says, For the moment, all discipline, that's not the word, um, seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And that is the word. So the word discipline there is actually paideia, um, and it, it has a slightly different meaning. But that word training in both of those passages in Hebrew is this vigorously exercising our bodies and our minds. And we're going to focus mostly on our minds, but, you know, I think we naturally think about, like, exercise of the body and eating right. And um, I heard someone say the other day, like, it's almost January. Everybody's off sugar now. And that may or may not be true. Um, But I think it is something that a lot of people do in January to kind of detox from the holidays and all the goodies that we enjoyed. Um, But... We also need to detox on anything that has crept into our thinking that ought not to be there. So um, we are going to be talking about things that we do, but I really want to reinforce the purpose is who we're becoming as we do them. It's about who we are in Christ, not just about the things that we do. Because honestly, there are some days where you might meet your Bible at the table and you may or may not actually feel like reading it, right? Has anyone had that sense before? Um, But we do it anyways, right? Just like we may or may not feel like getting up and exercising or getting up and eating right, but we ought to do it anyways because it's the right thing to do. It's good for us. Um, So the purpose, again, is Christ-likeness. That's what we're training ourselves toward. So um, who's got Romans 8.29? Would you read that if you do? Thank you. For those whom he foreknew... He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Yeah, so we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. I heard a pastor say, um, you know, we're all going to limp into heaven. I kind of like that idea. None of us are going to reach perfection here. But God has predestined us to be conformed. So we're not on our own to do this work. We're not on our own for this transformation. That's an encouragement to me. How about 1 John 3, verse 2? Okay. Okay. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Yeah, we shall be like him, and we can see him right now, even in the Word. And the last one we'll look at right now is Hebrews 12, verse 14. I have that one. Pursue peace. Excuse me. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. All right. So pursue, or one translation says strive for peace and holiness. So we are to be, we have a part in this. God is predestined. He is doing the work. He is at work within us. But we have to be participating in this process. So according to God's word, this training, this discipline, these things that we do, they're good. They're good for us and they're good and they're bringing us toward his end of Christ-likeness for us. So we're going to um, 
see where we are. Hopefully, I want to encourage you guys to examine where you are, where you've been, where you're going, um, not only for yourselves, but oftentimes the Lord brings people alongside us. And um, as I kind of ask you guys for the things that you do, think about the things that other women do because we're all different. We're all wired differently. And one thing might work for me, but something different might work better for Becky or Brittany or any of you. And so the Lord might bring someone alongside us who's got a completely different personality and temperament that might do it in a way that feeds and nourishes her the way that maybe Kayla does it or maybe the way that I do it. So I do want us to kind of share and think about some best practices in the spiritual disciplines um, so that we can not only train ourselves for godliness, but also help to train others as we come alongside others. So let's start by talking about what we mean by spiritual disciplines, or some call them means of grace. So what do you think about when I use either one of those terms? We're just going to brainstorm a little bit. Reading words. Okay. Meditating, memorizing, okay, others, anything? Read other books too. Okay, Um, can we call that learning? So from other sources beyond the Bible, right? Others? I was thinking of totally different things. So. Okay, well, what are you thinking of? Well, I was thinking more of like the disciplines of what did you? What were your two words? Spiritual disciplines. Yeah. And means of grace. grace. So, um, for spiritual disciplines, more like the disciplining, like kind of what we were talking about with the I call it gymnasio, but that's Spanish. Um, I just listened <laughs> to the Bible, the Blue Letter Bible app, so did you that's where I got my pronunciation. <laughs> Don't ask me. However you say it is but good. Like the, the action of change Okay. in our spiritual disciplines. Okay. Um, so I don't know really how to verbalize that, I guess. I guess so in those things. Like consistency of doing these things. But it's also the putting off and the putting on. Okay. That's kind of more what I was thinking. Okay. Like actively change. Active change. Okay, so there's the putting off, there's the putting on. What goes in the middle of those things? Renewing. Renewing your mind. So if we're not renewing our mind... We're going to have a harder time putting off and putting on. That's kind of the active part. I think yeah. Thing, right? yeah. The other ones are more passive because you can receive information, but if there's not a change in it, then it's just so that the put off is not as the active part of it. Yes. And we're going to talk about meditating, memorizing, and another tool, um, which is a fun. That's kind of what we're talking about. And when I say we're going to talk about those things, one of the books that I'm using, that I've used to put this together, is Donald Whitney's um, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And I've got a couple of other resources that I'll share to you, but this is really excellent. Um, I actually borrowed this from somebody, and I read just the foreword and got online and ordered it because I knew that I was going to need it because um, in the foreword, the recommendation is made that you read this book not once, not twice, but three times over three consecutive months. Um, And he says, 
um, read it three times over with a month interval, certainly not less, and ideally, I think, not more between each reading. This will not only make the book sink in, but will also give you a realistic picture of your seriousness or lack of it as Jesus' disciple. Your first reading will show you several particular things that you should start doing in your second and third readings, for each of which you should choose a date on the day you complete the previous reading. You shall find yourself reviewing what you have done and how you have fared doing it. This will be very good for you, even if the discovery comes as a bit of a shock at first. So here's a, here's a caveat to these whole this week and next. This isn't about guilt over the things we're not doing. This is about God's means of grace and the things that he puts in our hearts and minds that we ought to start doing for the purpose of godliness. This is about growth, not about guilt over what we may or may not be doing. I mean, there are some things that are requirements that I think we need to be doing, and so if you're not, I would encourage you to examine that, but not to the end of guilt that we're not doing them. Uh, But this is excellent. It also comes with a study guide that has great questions and not nearly enough room to write the answers in. So have a notepad with that. Do you have a question? Discipleship or, because you said means of grace. So I think that discipleship is a means of grace too. It's not necessarily a discipline, but we are called to be in fellowship with one another, which is a form of discipleship, which helps you apply each of these things as well. And you kind of mentioned that already. Okay, great. Great. So I was going to say, along with the lines of what you're saying, it's about it's not about guilt. I don't know where this quote came from, but I really liked it because I'm a reforming perfectionist. Okay. Progress, not yes. perfectionism. Yes. And yeah. so that kind of goes along with the growth, looking for growth. Yes. And, and the that growth is not always going to go like this. It's going to go up and down. It's true. And that was right here in my notes, so I'm glad you got ahead of that. Well, being realistic um, about your seasons that you're into. Yeah, for sure. It's really important. Yes. I'm not going to get to take that. <coughs> someone who has no children. Nope. Nope. And for me to carry that is... Yeah, I heard a, um, a pastor talking about the spiritual disciplines, and one of the spiritual disciplines that um, Whitney ca- talks about in his book is the discipline of serving others. And what he was talking about is, you know, this trap of comparison that we get into is so very dangerous. And so to look at someone else's life and the things that they do is really, it's damaging more than anything because they're in a different season. They're a different person. There's so many differences. But what he said was for young moms in your 20s or 30s, if you're up in the middle of the night with a baby, the best thing you can do is serve your baby. That's the spiritual discipline you're practicing in that moment. And then go take a nap. And don't wake up feeling guilty that you didn't spend the time in the word that you did before you had a baby. But know that there's going to be a season later that you will be doing that. But if you're up at 3 in the morning with one and you have others, you need to sleep so that you're prepared to serve your children and your family. And that is, um, I like that he calls that a spiritual discipline because it's true. We need to be we need to be doing those things. That's a way to guard your mind and your heart too, because you're not but Yes. Yes. Well, along with fellowship and serving is just really um, being consistent in um, worshiping so worship uh, yes. in the local body. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there are both personal or private individual aspects to all of these and there are corporate aspects to all of these. So along with reading 
Um, he also talks about hearing and studying because they really are three different things in approaching the word of God. And so we will talk about all of those. Um, in Whitney's book, he talks about, um, just takes chapter by chapter, um, Bible intake, prayer, <laughs> worship, evangelism, serving, stewardship, fasting, uh, silence and solitude, journaling, and learning. He also says, quote, a survey of other literature on this subject would reveal that confession, accountability, simplicity, Submission, spiritual direction, celebration, affirmation, sacrifice, um, he puts in quotations, watching, and more also qualify as spiritual disciplines, end quote. There's even a book published earlier this year um, that on the disciplines that cover, um, he calls one section disciplining our attention, another section is disciplining our emotions, and disciplining our limits. So bottom line is I think there's agreement across the board that discipline is good and we ought to be disciplining ourselves in a number of ways Um, and that can look different in different seasons I'm glad you brought that out for each one of us but we ought to be doing it these these healthy God honoring habits um, are commended to us even as the fruit of the spirit who's got Galatians 5 22 and 23 I believe I do all right would you read that but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So self-control, right? And that is a form of um, spirit control because these are the fruits of the spirit. We do need to be disciplined in these areas. Um, The heart of all of this really goes back to its purpose, which is discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And that's kind of going to be our key verse we're going to talk about a lot as we um, dive into this subject. So really everything that's here is about relationship. It's about our relationship with God. It's about our relationship with other believers. Um, And I really appreciated uh, this quote by John Wesley expressing the importance of this relational aspect. Um, He says, and this, I mean, you could just use this as a basis for prayer before you sit down, and it would be amazing. He says, quote, Oh God, fill my soul with so entire a love of thee that I may love nothing but for thy sake and in subordination to thy love. Give me grace to study thy knowledge daily, that the more I know thee, the more I may love thee. Create in me a zealous obedience to all thy commands. A cheerful patience under all thy chastisements, and a thankful resignation to all thy disposals. Let it be the one business of my life to glorify thee by every word of my tongue, by every work of my hand, by professing thy truth, and by engaging all men, so far as in me lies to glorify and love thee. So again, that was um, John Wesley, and there are a bunch of his quotes in this book. Um, which is called Disciplines of a Godly Woman, which was written by Barbara Hughes. I don't know if you guys can see that or not. Um, Her husband, Kent Hughes, wrote Disciplines of a Godly Man. They've written Disciplines of a Godly Family. They've written all kinds of books on this. Um, But she actually starts this book um, with a really careful focus on the gospel. And I love, she says at one point, quote, the discipline of the gospel is coming to God on his terms. 
As women who understand and embrace the gospel, we find God's word so dynamic that it at once defines us, satisfies us, and motivates us, end quote. So it's our full understanding of the gospel that allows us to know who we are, what our purpose is, and why we're to do the things we do. She says, quote, when we are born again, life starts to make sense. And that's really true. We hear all over, right? Like people are looking for, like, what's the purpose in life? It makes sense once we come to Christ. So she says, uh, quote, within the pages of scripture, we find the blessed answer to the age old question. Who am I? Beginning in the opening pages of the Bible, we learn that we are made in the image of God. We also learn that as women, we are made distinctly female as opposed to male. She was ahead of her time. She was writing in 2001. Most importantly, we discover that we are of great value to God as demonstrated by Christ's death on the cross. The gospel, therefore, not only brings dignity and value to our humanity, but it brings purpose and meaning to our gender distinctions. And she goes on to unpack, um, she goes on to really just unpack the gospel along with some scriptures. And um, I appreciate her starting point where she goes next is um, after she talks about who we are in Christ, after she talks about the gospel, she goes on in the next chapter to talk about what she calls the discipline of submission, the posture of godliness. And it lines up well with... um, What Donald Whitney says in the beginning of his book, he says that these spiritual disciplines are the way we, quote, place ourselves in the path of God's grace and seek him. I don't know where else we would want to be than in the path of God's grace. And so these are the ways that we do that. Um, So it's out of this submission, this willingness to bow my knee today to Christ as Lord of my life that all these other disciplines grow. And she gives us the model to look at in the Godhead. Um, Who's got Hebrews 5, verse 7. And listen for Christ himself in full submission to the Father. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence submission. So why was he heard? Why did God hear his prayer? Well, he had reverence submission. Yeah, I mean, he is. Cries and tears. Yeah, he is the son, but he even prayed when he needed to obey in the hard things, right? So if he needs to pray to obey in the hard things, how much more do we need to pray to obey in the hard things, right? And to just come bring ourselves back into alignment with the word of God. Um, and then in his garden prayer, which I know you're all familiar, but let's just review it quickly. Matthew 26, verse 39. Okay. And going a little, a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cut pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Yeah, so she's, um, um, Barbara Hughes in her book says, quote, This prayer reveals Jesus' intense desire to submit to God's will, no matter what it cost him. He shows us that the will of God is more important than life itself. Do we understand this truth? Do we believe it? End quote. And I thought that was a really good, um, just pause for self-examination. Like, do I have that intense a desire to submit to God's will, no matter what the cost might be? 
She says, all of the disciplines of a godly woman are about submitting your will to God's loving rule in daily life. I don't think I'd really thought about submission as a spiritual discipline before. So I just, I really like where she starts. Um, And I think that we have to start there because it can be a real mindset shift to motivate us, right? If I'm submitting to the will of the Father, I need to know the will of the Father, which means I need to know the Word of God, right? Um, And so I think that submitting to God's will requires discipline. It requires me to prepare my mind, to train my mind, to, in those daily things that pop up, um, to be prepared for them, even though we can't prepare for every circumstance and situation that's going to pop up. We can prepare for the more common things that hit us all the time, right? Because we know they're going to come back around again. But sometimes things take us by surprise. And if we've girded ourselves up with the word, then we've got the, the power of the Holy Spirit, but we've also got the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God tucked in our hearts so that in our responses we might not sin against God. So, um, Maureen's already covered this, but we are not to be striving for perfection in these disciplines. We're to be striving towards progress in Christ-likeness. Um, and towards godliness. So this is the goal, and I just want to keep bringing us back to the purpose and the goal, like over and over and over again. It's not a, a box to check. I did that today. I can go on about my day. Um, especially, that's probably most important when we get to this discipline of meditating, because um, that's a really hard one to train ourselves to slow down and do, because I think we just live in a culture that's not comfortable with quiet Christian meditation, really just thinking slowly and deeply on the word of God. And so um, I want to just encourage us to do that as, as this new year strikes. Um, and that's the purpose of taking a couple of weeks here at the beginning of the year. I had something totally different planned, and the Lord just, like, brought two or three things before my eyes. I'm like, oh, wait, that's what we do at the beginning of the year. Let's go back and look at spiritual disciplines, just in the way of kind of resetting and refreshing the, these things that we can do, that we do have the power to do to discipline ourselves as disciples of Christ. <clears throat> so I have a couple questions for you. As you answer, I want you to, like, Give us a little detail of what this looks like for you. We're going to talk about some of the spiritual disciplines that you guys practice. Um, And I think that'll be helpful not only for those of us who would like to start practicing some of these disciplines, but again, to be able to encourage others who aren't going to find um, value in doing it the way that we do it so we can share a variety of experiences. So um, are there any things that you do spiritually at the beginning of a new year. I want to start there because we are on the cusp of a new year. What are the things you do regularly at the beginning of a new year? Anything? Think about goals. Okay. Think about goals. Even spiritual goals or ministry goals. <coughs> just thinking about how I want to grow, like what disciplines to grow in, but also where the Lord is leading us in ministry or okay. how he wants us to refine that or, or whatever it might be. And how, what does that look like in your life? Mm-hmm. I usually do it on my own, and then Nate and I usually talk about what we see as a family. Okay. Do you write anything down so you can check back occasionally? I do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I usually, I usually lose it. Then I end up writing, like, kind of redoing it again. Not, like, redoing all of them, but reminding myself to write them down again. And okay. So I kind of, throughout this, the year, 
rewrite them and kind of analyze where we're at with things. And revisit. Mm -hmm. Great. Becky? We like to um, take a look. Like that's we're purposely not going to be with anybody for a couple of days because we've had lots of company, mm -hmm. lots of kids. and But just to be by ourselves right now, spend a couple days we're reflecting back what this last year looked like, things that were accomplished, things of, you know, the disciplines that we've done, how we could improve, and then, like you said, setting goals, some simple goals that we need to do. Okay. Um, yeah, because they're not necessarily spiritual, but they kind of are, <laughs> in that two goals that I have, one has to do with the reflection of the book we talked about on idols, mm -hmm. because, and we've discussed this before, that um, I struggle with sugar, mm -hmm. I'm sort of addicted to it, and so once I start it, it's hard for me to stop, so I'm really working on trying to deal with that and master that, and one of the ways that I fought all my life is to get on the scale after I eat, you know, or the next day. I'll go three months without weighing myself because I, because I was shamed as a child mm. getting on the scale. Um, yeah. So I need to still, I'm still working through that. And so I'm struggling and talking to the Lord and saying, okay, this year, Becky, you're going to make it a regular, even if it's once a week, whatever. You're going to do it every time, and you're not going to you're not going to make excuses. And so I've been wrestling with that. So that's one of my goals, which has to do with idol. And then the other one is I started a book a couple years ago, and I I need to finish it. And um, so those are two things. And and that it doesn't sound real spiritual, but the book I'm writing is memoirs for my kids and grandkids. And life is so crazy and busy. You know, when I was a kid, I'd hear more about my grandparents and the history of the family. But now, when we get together, since everybody lives in different parts, I mean, we're just, we come together and it's crazy and fun, but there's not time to just sit and tell stories. So I'm going to be telling stories in my book. And so I wanted to do that. But that is but that is a practice of worship yes. because I would be surprised if those stories didn't include how God has worked oh, in yeah. your life, in yeah. your and Michael's life, and yeah. in your children's lives over the years. So that's great. Yeah. When you said I started a book a couple of years ago that I haven't finished, I thought you meant you started reading a book, no. and my mind flashed to my bookshelf with all the markers <laughs> that are like, oh, yeah. you meant writing a book much more admirable than me just finishing reading one that I or several that I started and didn't finish. But I like it. That's great. Now, let me just ask you a quick question. When you and Michael sit down to kind yeah. of like reflect back, do you have like specific questions that you go through each year or just because you've done it for so long you kind of know well, what you're going to talk about? Kind of a pattern of different things. Okay. Like what are the things that have happened this last year that we're pleased with? Okay. Um, what are the things that we feel God wants us to do for the new year? Okay. Kind of like that. Okay. It's not like a 10 questions. Okay. You know, it's just kind of how the spirit moves us and what to discuss for that year. That's great. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, I was thinking it has to be tangible, too, because, 
you know, you can have these goals, but if you don't know how you're going to meet them, so you need to be specific about them. Yeah. So that you actually do them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to think of, I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of the SMART acronym in goal setting. Just reminded me, so specific, measurable. I don't think there's an E in there. Don't look at my spelling. Um, Action-oriented. Realistic. This is a good one for the reforming perfectionists in the room. <laughs> and um, time-oriented, I'll say. Like, there's a, there's a deadline. So that's just – it's just a fun acronym when I'm thinking about, like, okay, what would my goals be? Like, this is something good to run through. Um, that's uh, as a teacher, that's all part of the training and writing specific objectives. Yeah. It's all of that. Yeah. 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 And it's and it's good because then when we find our lost notebook, then we wrote them all down and we can go back and go, hmm, how am I doing on these? And now we have some ways to see like how are we doing in them. But yeah. so like when you take reading your Bible you know, maybe taking a time and then if it's not for whatever reason, if it doesn't happen, making sure it's done by the end of the day. Yeah, it does get done, but it's not like, oh, I'm going to read my Bible. Because usually, like, if you're like, I'm going to read my Bible, and you don't have something in mind, then, yeah. or stacking things too helps. Right. Well, and if you have, now is a great time to find probably 800,000 reading plans for 2024 where and you can. There's apps now. Phil showed us last night. And there's apps now that you can read your Bible in a year. But there, yeah. yeah. You can listen it and oh, nice. Read with, you can okay. Read with them. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great. That's great. Okay. That's good. Wow. Okay. This, yeah. This last year is the first time Michael and I have ever read our devotions because we go through the Bible every year and we used to do it individually and then we've taken notes on it and then we decided this year we're going to read it last year to read it out loud. You get so much more out of it. So we read it out loud. That's great. It takes a lot more time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the nice mm-hmm. thing about the apps is because you can get tired reading and yeah. then the app reads. Yeah. That's the only way. I've tried reading through the Bible in past years different yeah. ways, and none of them worked until I found, for me, I'm a, I am like checking things off. Yeah. So the app checks it off when I'm done, and it keeps track yeah. of it. Yeah. You completed yeah. your goal. There you go. And so I've been, I was successful for two yeah. years. And, and um, Well, I guess Crossway has all these different ones. That's great. You can do it. Ooh, I'll spell, but uh, yeah. you can do it. You can keep it on for it. Okay, chronologically. Old. Yeah. Like there's all these different plans. Yeah. Is okay. that the is that you yeah. version? Is that the same? There's. Oh, so, what did he say? It's all. They're all ESV, but. Okay. I don't know. Because oh. yeah, I use you. There's U-version. there's one on you version too that yeah. there's like topical ones and okay. but there are like yeah. many through the year. Okay. Um, Ligonier just published one that has multiple reading plans. So, but it's a it's a great time to yeah. pick it up. Read the New Testament ninety days. Okay. Chronological <laughs> reading plan. Read the Testament ninety days through the Bible in a year. Um, are you on cross? He was very excited about it last night. That's great. <laughs> That's great. No, I love it. Maybe he'll tell everybody this morning. If not, you just told us. So that's great. Spread the word. If you're not on Facebook, a psalm a day. I was going to say, I hate um, New Year's resolutions. I've been very specific in not using that phrase today. (laughs) 
But I do like the idea of goals. Thinking through, like thinking through your year, and I read an article this morning about like what's our responsibility and things that happened this last year, and what was God's will that changed our paths. Yeah. And so I think being mindful of um, what did I do to contribute to um, lack of spiritual disciplines in my life, and then what did God do to change paths. Um, that I need, he wanted me to be, no, you don't need to be working on that, you need to be working on this. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, and I always pick a word for the year um, that, to remind me throughout the year um, of kind of a goal, I guess. Like last year, my word was steadfast. Mm. Um, and so just looking at verses on that and being reminded, like, okay, Lord, I need to be steadfast. You know, my, my always go-to is faithfulness, but cause that just covers everything. But uh, it's good sometimes just to have a little – my mom always had a verse for the year. Yeah. And so um, I didn't want to limit it to a verse, but a word kind of helped me have a direction to um, have verses – to um, go through. That's great. So, have you picked your word for 24 yet? All right. Well, please let us know when you do. I know. <laughs> not, my mind has not gone there yet. Well, we're not there yet. Yeah. It's not till tomorrow. You have a whole day. <laughs> Does anyone? I know that's a, be done tomorrow. Right. That's actually really a very like popular thing now. Does anybody else do a word of the year? What was your word this year? Yeah. Thrive. Okay. Good. Anybody else? All right. I don't have a word of the year, but I, I don't necessarily. A lot of my reset, just as a homeschool mom, is the school year. Yeah. Like I, I have a lot of plan of action, um, setting up for the school year, or just. I mean, even as not a homeschool mom, just as the school year kind of dictates so much of our right time and life, and yeah. you start a new curriculum, you start a new whatever. Um, you know, what am I going to teach? In January, or you're talking about the no, beginning of the school year? Those, okay. Those mine, okay. That's what I thought, but I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. So yeah. The school year, not necessarily the calendar year. Sure. Um, yeah. And so I'm just kind of thinking through it all that way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm on that thing. Yeah. And I have a I think of the year that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I reset usually at my birthday. Because it's been like my year, and that's usually like my birthday's in February, so that's when a lot of things start falling off the shelves and (laughs) tracks of, you know, all the things. And so it's a really good time for me to go, okay, what things do I need to reset and refresh? And, you know, and we're not on vacation. Like, we're on break from school right now, so like, whoo, I've been on break for a week. Sky's the limit of the things I can do. And then reality hits, and it's like, okay. Dial it back yeah. and what's what's realistic. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Anybody else? What is it, anybody else do anything specific at the beginning of a new year? Jen? Well, I just I find that extra stuff and clutter in my world really stresses me out. Yeah. Amen, sister. And so I think I find because just yesterday I got this bag in my butt and I was like, everything has to be cleared out. Yeah. So <laughs> pull the trailer and just dump everything because like right. I just can't handle all this extra stuff and, and I need to simplify yeah. all the things around. So yeah. I think that helps me to think that it probably is a control thing and not <laughs> 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 but, you know, 
I mean, I think that there's a spiritual component. We, like, God is a God of order, not chaos. Right. And when we have too much stuff and things are out everywhere, it's chaos. And it causes chaos in my brain, which is a spiritual problem. So I hear you. I've been a little bit on that page, too. But it's been great. I'm opening up cupboards now and going like, oh, look what I did. I forgot I did that one. And it's great. Stuff laying around the property. You're just yeah. stuff, stuff. Yeah. It's like, we don't need any yeah, of Yeah, I'm not. Because last year when we looked through it. You I'm know, yeah, it's like, still inside yeah, my house at this point. Yes. Yeah. But I hear you. It helps me to That's great. more focus on, okay, now I have time to do. Yes. Yes. And... When you're doing those things, it's a great opportunity to hear the word, right? Listen to a sermon, listen to a podcast, listen to good music if you want to. I listen to whatever. I hear your husband who says, I really want to keep that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't throw it away if he really wants to keep it. <laughs> All right. Um, I just had a comment going back to the apps and listening yeah. to the apps. As I was doing that... Um, For me, I discovered that listening alone, even though I was following along with it on my phone, Mm -hmm. was not the same as having my Bible open, listening to it. And it allowed me that if something struck me, because if I just went through it, I wasn't getting as much. And so it allowed me to pause and sit there and think and look through it. And sometimes I'd make word lists in my Bible, you know, characters like... If it was a psalm that had a lot of characteristics of God, just to list them down, or just certain things that the Spirit just kind of caused me to stop. And I got so much more out of it doing that. So it was a little bit of study along, instead of just, so for me it didn't work just to listen, or just to, I have to do it there. That's where I conclude. And that depends a lot on your learning style. My son can listen to something, and he's got it. Right. We were listening to a book together because he really wanted to listen to it. I'm like, I want to read that, too. I'll listen with you. We were listening in the car one day, and he's like, Mom, can you pause it? So I pause it, and he goes, do you think that means this? I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was totally not listening. I got completely distracted because my brain goes eight different places. I can't listen. And so I told him, I said, I will get the book and read along with you because listening to it just, I, my That's brain eight other places. Yeah. He falls asleep sometimes. I have to pinch him. Well, I was driving, so that wouldn't have been no, safe. But I hear you. Yeah. Um, I'm just not an audio well, learner, so I like to have it in front of me. Totally. Everybody totally. has different ways of doing yep. things, yes. and you can just kind of yep. play with yeah. it. Yeah, and we have to know what ours are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, someone who's regularly in this class but isn't here today had mentioned that there is, and now I can't remember what it was. I was hoping she'd be here. There's a Puritan paper that she reads at the beginning of every year, mm-hmm. um, and it has to do with, like, managing your time wisely. Oh. Do you know which one it is? I want to call it time management, but I don't know. I don't remember, but I will bring it next week, or I will yeah. text her and yeah, see if she's going to be here and ask her to. about tyranny of the urgent. No, no, I'm not, but I'll, I'll find it, and I'll bring it next week. Um, but I just thought, like, what a great idea to read, like, a Puritan on how we're using our time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Puritans I'm just finding such a love for as I've been, like, just studying more authors who quote them. Um, and they've been kind of pulling me back to read some of those things, which has been really fun. Okay, so 
let's kind of segue, we've done that a little bit, but what practical spiritual disciplines do you regularly practice? So in other words, like, what are your habits? Like, you don't even have to think about it. This isn't like, I write it on a list and check it off. This is like, this is just what I do. This is part of my life. Okay, Bible study. So what does that look like for you? How do you study the Bible? I have to have something that has written out words and questions, and I have to respond. Okay. Otherwise, it's just reading for me. Yes. I mean, I'm a massive reader, but I can't just read, or I can read God's Word, but if I want to get something out of it, I like kind of what Maureen was just saying, like, I have to have questions and applications. Yes. And so I like to use the Every Woman's Grace or something like that. Okay. It's a prepared study. And um, as a group or by yourself? Either way. If, even if Both. I'm in a group Both right are now, good. but if I wasn't, I would still have to do that because I yeah. just flail. Otherwise, I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't know. Yeah. It does give me. If you don't have that accountability yeah. in a group, you're very... Sometimes when you do have the accountability of the group, it still flips off the rails a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but it but that's okay. On, it does. Like, oh, it does. They all got their study done this week, and you know, like we're all busy, and I want to participate. Like I'm here to participate yeah. in this group to grow, and so if I'm not prepared, then what's the point? Yeah. How many of you use Every Woman's Grace in a Bible study that you're doing? Okay, how many of you answer the first question on the first day? Because <laughs> that's application, right? And it requires meditation. It requires. What did you learn from the last? Yeah. Yeah. So something, something that you learned or applied. I look back at the last. yesterday. Yes. No, 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 no. You can totally go back because they ask you. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Every Woman's Grace study. Um, if you're if you're not familiar with them, are you familiar with Bible Study Fellowship? Mm-hmm. There, it's yeah. almost an identical format. Yeah. So it's you know what did you learn from last week's lesson or lecture? Because mm-hmm. there's a, an audio lecture after you do your study, and then there's daily. So like day one, this is the study. And what I like about that is that. It gives me a limit, like, okay, so this is my Bible study time, um, so that I don't feel, A, like, oh, I didn't study long enough, or I'm not going to be, I don't know if I'll be done with this or not by the time my Bible study day comes. Um, but it goes through a nice flow of what does the scripture say, what does the scripture mean, how do you apply the scripture. Like, that's the pattern of the studies, and so it's it's really valuable if you've not done and them it's a before. five day, so. Yeah. You should be able to get it done. It's five. Five. You should be able to get it done in six days. Yes. Yes. Hopefully meeting on the seventh day. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. I like that. I need structure. Yeah. I love the structure of that study. I really do. I just like the journal because I like to map. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but I, so like using cross references and stuff Mm -hmm. are really fascinating to me. And so if I have a journal, then I can kind of make parallels to other parts in scripture or, um, I don't know, just something that's fascinating or like a name list or something that's important, and then I can kind of draw those things out, and that's kind of my structure, and that helps me kind of, but it is a great way to not be passive about your reading, mm-hmm. because you're you're writing it down, and it helps sync things in better. So would you do that with 
the Every Woman's Grace study that you're doing? You would I take just, that I passage? Would, the in the Bible and okay. Go verse by verse, and, and depending on how much is in the verses that I'm reading, I might do a whole chapter, I might do less than a chapter. It just kind of depends on how much I unpack things. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's been really helpful. It's kind of like how you would, um, who, what's her name? Um, I cannot think of her name. Like homeschooling connection, Charlotte Mason? No. So that like narration? Yeah, no. It's, uh, Jen Wilkin. Wilkin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she does studies, mm-hmm. but kind of the same idea of how she mm-hmm. would pull apart a passage. Um, so. Okay, I've not read her book, so I don't know, but yeah. we trust you. So if that mapping sounds good, see Annie <laughs> for a resource. I know when I um, went through the precept ministry studies a number of years ago, did three or four years of those, that really helped me to cement in and fit with my style of learning how to interrogate the text. That's great. You know, who's who's talking? Right. Where are they? What are they? You know, this, yeah. the whole thing. So that's how I go through and read. That's where my lists are coming from or I recognize, oh, there's a list of things. What is in that list? And so that helped augment that's great. What I already knew, and, and just word studies. Like, I'm doing a word study on choose and chosen right now. Okay. And just, um, so sometimes those will pop in. That's great. To where I need to have a deeper understanding, where the Spirit's leading me to get a deeper understanding, either because other people are bringing up those questions, and I need to refresh and say, okay, what does God's Word really say about that? So that's a periodic, more topical thing that will pop up occasionally. But most of the time I'm reading through books. And as you're reading through a book, how do you guide your study? Like, do you have a study guide that you use, or do you just read slowly and meditate on those passages, look things up that are unclear? Yes. So when you start a word study... What, what is your process with a word study? My process with a word study is I will go first to, I actually, with this one, I went back to my, I didn't do, because sometimes I'll use Blue Letter Bible, but I went back to my book, your concordance? my Strong's Concordance, okay. to say, okay, how many different words are they doing? And I like seeing the column of numbers to say, okay, what's the most common Greek word that's due? And then I'll use either Vines or Zodiades to, if it's New Testament, um, to look at the, what the meaning is, and then I'll start going through the verses. Okay. Just one by one. And do you write things down as you go through them? That's great. Word studies are great. Anyone else? What are the regular things that you do? You might not even think about it because they're just habits. These are the things that you do. You can say it out loud. <laughs> you can share it with the class. She knows I listen to podcasts and listen okay. to stuff, but I had to train myself to do it because I'm a visual. Yeah. I, I, it took me a long time to get anything out of listening to I can the, listen to podcasts. Or podcasts or blog content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm, I've gotten better. Do you, have, <laughs> do you have favorite podcasts that you listen to? Um, it's kind of sporadic. Okay. I've been kind of all reborn. Um, your husband got me listening to to political stuff. Oh gosh, don't talk about that right now. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Spiritually <laughs> leaning podcast. Anyone? Favorite podcast? Anybody have any? I like Revive Our Heart, Nancy Kay. Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth. Okay. Revive Our Heart is a really, really good one. Yeah. Um, 
it's Dennis Peterson's podcast about um, the, uh, he's a creationist, right? Yes, and he's real good friends of ours. Uh, something Legacy. I have it on my phone. I have to look. But he does an excellent podcast every week, and he is a creationist. He's a he's also a pastor, and um, also was what was it called when you are trained to be a apologist? No, no, for a museum. Oh, a defense. No, no. <laughs> He's the one that puts a museum together. Oh. No. <laughs> Nobody knows. He literally um he's a brilliant man, but he he was trained he was trained to have all he's very knowledgeable, but he takes the knowledge, the resources and creates museums, puts them together. There's Interesting. A, there's a there's a discipline to study for it. And I can't think of okay. the name of it. Okay. Would you next week come yeah. back with the name of the podcast? I can look it up right now. Well, we have to pray right now because okay. we're out of time. <laughs> I, I feared I might not get through all of this, and I did not. But I'm so thankful for your input and your feedback. I really did want this to be. Um, much more interactive. So we'll get through what we get through and what we don't get through. I will have a stack of books for you next week if any of them look interesting to you. I reached out to some people and said, what do you recommend? And um, actually, several of the people that I asked gave me exactly the same books. So those are the ones that I'll really highlight. What were you going to say? I was going to say, Nate's compiling a list oh, great. of podcasts um, that he's going to put on the blog. So. Our church's blog? Excellent. Will you let us know when that posts so that we're looking for it? Okay, that would be great. Um, So we'll continue this conversation next week. Pink slips. If you've already read your verse, please feel free to throw it away. If you haven't read your verse and you're going to be here next week, keep it. If you haven't read your verse and you're not sure, just leave it and I'll keep it. Um, But let's pray and we will prepare our hearts for hearing the word together upstairs. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful, Lord, for your word. And I'm so thankful for these ladies. And, Lord, we are thankful that you have um, just rooted these habits in our lives, that we would seek you more deeply, that we would think on your word, that we would look forward to being in communion with you through prayer, through fellowship, that we would be growing in our understanding and our knowledge of you so that our worship would grow deeper, Lord, and we are so thankful that you have predestined us to be conformed to the image of your Son. I thank you for um, your word, which will help me in my striving to become more like your Son, and I thank you for um, each lady who comes faithfully and is striving to do the same. I pray, Father, that you would bring others alongside us that we might be able to share this wisdom and these insights with, and um, Father, just bless our time in your word between now and when we meet again next Sunday. Would you prepare our hearts right now, Lord? Would you use your Holy Spirit to speak powerfully through Phil as he brings the word or whomever's preaching this morning as they bring the word to us, Lord? And um, we just thank you for allowing us to set this day aside to worship and praise and glorify you. We pray that as we do, Lord, you will make our joy full and that we would be gospel-focused, that we would be preaching the truth to ourselves 
as we have hidden it in our hearts so that we would not sin against you, Lord, but that our thoughts, our words, and our deeds would be glorifying and as they are that others would ask us for an account of the hope that lies within and we would be ready to share, ready to evangelize as a spiritual discipline so that others might come to know who you are, Lord, so that we would rejoice. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.